Yeah, and you should utilize those benefits. Yeah. They're there for you. A lot of people in the military don't realize that there's so many resources yeah. to help you in your career, your family. It's just we're so busy and we're doing so much constantly that we don't take the time to like, okay, I'm doing this for our country. What else can I do to help myself? What can I get out of this so that by the time I get out, you know, I'm set up. I can take care of my family because a lot of people get out and they're homeless. They move back in with their parents. You know, they're getting divorced, you know, mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? So if you're in and you're giving so much to the country, you should try to get as much as you can back out of it as well. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode, but more about them later after the interview. Yo, welcome y'all to Tech is the New Black. Very excited for the guest that we're gonna be talking to today. Gonna be having a conversation about how he transitioned from making just about $20,000 as a Marine all the way up to six figures working in the tech industry. Now this one's pretty special to me because a lot of people don't know, I'm actually a veteran in the Marine Corps as well. So talking to another veteran, another fellow devil dog is pretty exciting, especially a devil dog that's also in this amazing industry that of course we love and we love to talk about. So gonna go ahead and give you all the breakdown of the guest. Make sure we put some respect on his name, read off his bio. Now of course the guest is Denzel Odin. Now Denzel Odin has spent five years in the Marine Corps both on active duty and the reserves in order to obtain his education. Since then, he's been able to scale to over six figures in the tech industry as a software engineer at Lockheed Martin, which a lot of people don't know, Lockheed Martin is actually the biggest aerospace company in the world. Now, currently Denzel spreads information on tech to get more minorities and veterans into this space where they can take control of their life. Y'all give a virtual round of applause, emoji round of applause for our guest, Denzel Odin. Bro, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. Simplify. Yeah, bro. Yo, simplify. <laughs> I'm with it. So, so Eric, we were talking trash uh, bef uh, before we started recording because uh, Eric, who, of course, is like the video director, uh, Eric served in the Navy. A lot of people don't know that the uh, that the Marine Corps is the Department of the Navy. Navy yep. Yeah, so we have kind of like this like love-hate relationship, yeah. everything. Sometimes so. more hate, but no, nah, it's all good. <laughs> we all brotherhood. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. Exactly, exactly. So, bro, so we, we were kind of talking offline. So, obviously, you were in the Marine Corps. Yep. What, so before we even get into you being in tech, like curious to know just a little bit more about you. Like what was your life like before the Marine Corps? What led you to being in the Marine Corps and kind of like what was like your MOS and all of that? Okay, well starting off, uh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Okay, uh, all right, Detroit, three. Detroit stand up. Yeah, right between uh, six and seven mile, not too far from eight mile that everybody's okay. used to knowing. Uh, I grew up just loving science, engineering, technology. Yeah taking toys apart, you know, doing the usual uh, sci-fi stuff. And eventually I decided, you know what? I want to be a programmer. Yeah. Uh, that wait, way. wait, hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. You can't just be like, you know what? I'm going to be a programmer. No, it, that's literally how it was. Just yeah. watching movies, just messing with toys and stuff. I realized that like, okay, I know the circuits and stuff are here, but how do you, how do these get controlled pretty much? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Man, and so that would make me like, ah, okay, programming. That's so interesting. Like I admire, because I'm, I'm not like that. <laughs> I have my gifts, but that's not me. And I admire people like you because because since we've been doing this, we've talked to uh, a handful of, of guests. And not even all of them have, have been software engineers because mm -hmm. we actually, interestingly enough, even though software engineering, I always tell people, I believe software engineering is the is the bedrock, is the foundation of the tech industry because you don't have anything without software engineers. That's true. And so despite that, we actually don't talk to enough software engineers. And... What's interesting is kind of hearing like what you said, where you just being a, a young, just a, a young, young guy, but young black man, mm -hmm. 
you were interested in how things worked. And it wasn't something anybody pushed you into. You really had a very, and I guess that's really what's interesting is that we don't hear about that often. We're like, okay, there's a young black guy who was interested in taking things apart, putting them back together, and was curious about how they worked. Around how old were you when it hit you that you wanted to be uh, wanted to be an engineer, software engineer? Um, honestly, I was probably eleven or twelve. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was very, very early. It was very early. I always had a very mature mindset. Yeah. Especially being in Detroit, uh, I didn't even meet anybody of a different race really until I was like thirteen years old. Wow. Yeah. So, I got woken up to my situation pretty early, yeah. <laughs> and decided, okay, this is the route I wanted to. So, did you even? know anyone that was already a software engineer or like how, how did you even know what a because at that age i didn't know what a software engineer was yeah i didn't know what a software engineer was either at the yeah. time i just knew what programming was okay okay yeah. yeah so i always thought of it as programming okay i didn't know yeah. how much they made or the the career field or anything like that i just knew that this person had the capability to learn a language and then control this so it wasn't even about the bag no which a lot of people of course we, we we talk about the bag a lot so yeah. it wasn't even about the bag it was really you genuinely had a passion to want to do that i genuinely had a passion for it wow man that's that's incredible actually so all right so at 11 12 13 you realize hey i want to be a programmer which is a software engineer um again like many terms in, in tech many are kind of interchangeable or people like use them interchangeably whether or not they're actually interchangeable and, you know i actually ask you here just for a definitive let's get a definitive answer from someone okay, who okay. is is programming and software engineering is that the same thing or are those those titles truly interchangeable i say programming and software engineering are inter interchangeable because you could be a software developer yeah and that's, that's still software engineering is still computer programming uh i think the terms that people get mixed up sometimes is like hackers and software engineers oh yeah because hackers probably, yeah, yeah yeah that's, that's something the biggest mix up oh wow yeah. so you know i heard this recently and this this is a straight up side but it's like really curiosity yeah. right now is, is leading as part of the conversation i heard this recently that that depending on the title that you you reference yourself as or depending on the title the company has as a job posting usually mm -hmm. can can lead to what they're planning on paying in terms of salary. Like I've heard that some companies will 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 post we're looking to hire a software developer or even a programmer and they will want to pay a little bit less than they would if they said we want to hire a software engineer. That's even true. though they mean the same thing, it's just like engineer from what I again from what I've heard mm -hmm. That that word holds a certain level of prestige that developer doesn't hold. Exactly. That, yeah, that's true. It's all optics. Wow. It's all optics. You can see if you go on LinkedIn and you search computer programmer, you're going to see salaries that are a lot lower than software engineers or uh, wow. software developers. That's man. That's actually what's. It's so interesting how language even though something is the same thing but like how powerful language is and the perception that goes uh, goes behind it and how that can even affect like money very interesting so so yeah make sure y'all y'all learn from that that's not just random but make sure those of y'all that are software engineers aspiring software engineers developers that you kind of peep game and let, let like please let us know in the comments if that's something y'all have seen as well if you agree if you disagree let us know um down in the comments below all right so boom so you wanted to be a software engineer or a programmer at the time. Yep. And 
how did the Marine Corps come about? Like, why Marine Corps? And what, like, what did you do in the Marine Corps? Um, so I went to college in 2011. I was 17 years old. I went to Clark Atlanta University. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents had to pull me out of there. Uh, just didn't have the funds to uh, finish paying for that. So yeah. I ended up working for a few years. And I just always really, really wanted to complete college. Because at that point, I was like, you have to go to college to get the good job, to get the knowledge. You know, we know that's different now yeah, yeah. at the time. And so I always wanted to have that that bachelor's degree, then get yeah. that master's, then that PhD. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to the Navy. Okay. Uh, I guess I saw an email in my, <laughs> for advertisement that said they pay for the school. And I was like, I never even considered it. Yeah. So I decided to do that. I went to the recruiter station. But I have an alpha dog complex. And so, you said an alpha dog an Alpha complex? dog complex. Okay, cool. And everything that I do. And so once I found out that there is... I'm, there's a better branch of the military. I was, say, uh, Eric, I was like, I got go. to swing on that. Eric, Eric standing behind the camera looking like. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to be the top tier. I just feel like the Marine Corps is the Knights of the Round Table pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's what kind of drew me over to the Marine Corps. And yeah. I went in through there and was able to pay for school that way. You know what's funny? So the reason why I, I did uh, the Marine Corps, I was going to go to the Army. But a, a army recruiter came to my job. I was working at this this soul food restaurant. An army recruiter came to my job, and no, not army. It was a Marine Corps recruiter. He came to my job, okay. and he, I told him, I said, ah, I'm going to do the army. He looked at me, and said, You know what? You should join the army. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, What? Yeah, that sounds he was like, like, he's like you should. <laughs> he's like, You like a pretty boy? He said, The Marine Corps ain't for pretty boys. <laughs> he's like, It's for it's for like like real men, it's for animals. Mm-hmm. And of course, I knew he was doing, I knew he was playing reverse psychology, but that just still got me so mad. <laughs> I was, I am a real man. <laughs> don't try, don't try me. I'm an animal. Rah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I was on ten, but uh, obviously he duped me. I ended up doing the Marine Corps, but uh, no. So I love it. So what was your uh, MOS or your job in the Marine Corps? Uh, my MOS was 0621. It okay. was field radio operator. Now it's called transmission systems operator. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so Phil Radio. All right, bet. And and how did so? How did you transit? First off, I mean, really, okay. We talked about your MOS. How much were you making when you were in the Marine Corps? Um, going in, probably like a private PFC, was right around like twenty twenty two thousand yeah. dollars a year. I mean, it, you don't feel it at first because yeah. you know they, they pay for food, you got free yeah. health care and stuff like that. But then once you make that car payment, it's <laughs> yeah. Whether you're dealing with tough decisions centered around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy is the piece that keeps us connected and grounded about the things that really matter in life. So that way we can move forward with excitement and anticipation. And for everyone who's thinking of starting therapy, I personally suggest that you use BetterHelp to give you that assistance. And what I love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online and it's designed specifically to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So make sure you visit betterhelp.com backslash TNB to make sure you get 10% off your first month and let us know how your journey in therapy is going. You know what's so wild? Yeah, when I was when I was in the Marine Corps, I actually never even thought about how much I was making. But yeah, it, it does feel like you're making more than you're actually it making. It really does. A but then yeah, in retrospect, that. you look and you realize, yo, when you're in the military, you're not like you mentioned, you're not actually making really good money. Unless like you're a very mm-hmm. high rank type of thing, which That's usually true. takes ten plus years to get to like any decent rank to where you're yeah, making or officer. money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly. So okay, cool. So now how did 
Marine Corps branch over to software engineering? Like, how did you get to software engineering from the Marine Corps? Okay, so going into the Marine Corps, my intentions was to be a programmer ADA, which was an MOS that they had at the recruiter station. Mm-hmm. Comes to find out, it doesn't exist. Uh, so I ended up being... Uh, wait, wait, wait. So at the recruiter station, they said, oh, we have a, a role exactly. that you could be a programmer. And then once you got in, they were like, oh, ha ha. Yeah, I got my exist. orders and it said, field radio operator, go to comm school. <laughs> That's yeah. the Marine Corps for you. Yeah. They, they do that. Yes, it does. Oh, my gosh. How mad were you? I was furious. I felt devastated because I wanted to try to stay on the same track. Yeah. And then I'm very big on knowledge. And I, I felt like I needed knowledge to grow yeah. so that once I got out that I could just jump right into it. Man, it's so disappointing how, and I think about this often, like even the the recruiter that got me in the Marine Corps, aside from like that kind of joking story I told, like, I mean, you know, like they, they'll lie to you or manipulate you mm-hmm. just to have you join, knowing that that's going to be the next four plus years of your life. Exactly. As if like your life doesn't matter. They just want to meet a quota. And it's, man, that's, that's crazy. And don't get me wrong, like even knowing that, I understand how the structure works a little bit more mm-hmm. after going in. So I understand what, they what have a quota. Structure? They have a quota to meet. Yeah. You know, they, they get harped on if they're not recruiting a certain amount. And, it, you know, it affects them, it affects their families. Recruiters, especially in the Marine Corps, are always at work. You know, they spend a lot of time at work, and it, it does hurt the family and things like that. So I can understand when you're really just trying to not really lie to people, but just trying to Look, just give it a chance. Just do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying this might happen. This might not happen. But mm-hmm. at least she have a chance. You know. What do y'all think about that? I want. I want to know from uh from the viewers and listeners what y'all think about that. Like, if you are on the side of the recruiter, where you're like, okay, I kind of understand. It makes sense. Or if you think like, no, there, there's no real excuse or justification for that. I definitely uh, want to know from y'all. So okay, cool. But so how did you go from a field radio operator? and get to being what you always desired, being a software engineer? Okay, so uh, in the Marine Corps or any military branch now, they'll pay for school at two years after you're, you're enlisted. Mm-hmm. So you'll get like pretty much a stipend that yeah. you can go to school every uh, semester or quarter. Uh, so that's what I did after my first two years, and I enrolled in online to college. So I was going to college while I was in the field, while I was deployed. I was stacking up doing classwork four weeks in the head before I went to the field operations and things like that. And then once I got out, I was able to use the Montgomery GI Bill to finish off my bachelor's degree in uh, computer science, So which is what I have right now currently. Okay, so so you use the Marine Corps, use the stipend from that mm-hmm. to be able to become a software, or to go to school to be a software engineer. And I know that the military pays for school. Like, obviously, I started in the military. I didn't utilize that at all. Now, is that stipend, and just, just for, for listeners, um, for those that are listening and tuning in, for those that are in the military right now and are more so how I was, where they weren't really paying attention to mm-hmm. opportunities, is that stipend the same for every single branch? Is the benefit there for every single branch? Yes, it is. I believe it's the same for every single branch. Uh, it is now, it's tuition assistance, and now you don't have to wait that two years to start using it. You can start using it from the day you, you go in. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. So so someone who just started, let's say they just finished boot camp. So they're finished with boot camps. Obviously, you can't really do much while you're in boot camp. Mm-hmm. But boot camp's over. 
they can go ahead right now and start utilizing those benefits to be able to get their education get in tech yeah and you should utilize those benefits yeah they're there for you a lot of people in the military don't realize that there's so many resources yeah to help you in your career your family it's just we're so busy and we're doing so much constantly that we don't take the time to like okay i'm doing this for our country what else can i do to help myself what can i get out of this so that once by the time i get out you know, I'm set up. I can take care of my family because a lot of people get out and they're homeless. They move back in with their parents. You know, they're getting divorced, you know, mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? So if you're in and you're giving so much to the country, you should try to get as much as you can back out of it as well. Man, that's the truth. Yeah, we, we definitely see a lot of uh, veterans that are homeless or that just aren't doing well at all. Yeah. I wonder if... I kind of think through this, like, I, I wonder if sometimes the Marine Corps, not just the Marine Corps, but the military in general, if not, the, they don't coddle people. But I wonder if just the notion of, of most things being taken care of for you, that if for many people that can seem like prolonged coddling or prolonged, like your parents taking care of everything for you. And Damn. then you go out to the real world where. Okay, you don't get to eat on base for free anymore. You don't get a, a, a stipend for, for clothing or you can't just wear your uniform all the time. Exactly. You know, and it's like, okay, you now have to pay for, for where you live. It's like, I, you know, because you no longer can live on the, live on the barracks. It's like, I, I wonder if many people, it actually hurts them more than it helps them. That's true. That's true. You're, you're, like I said, you're doing so much and there's so much going on that you don't even have the time to even think about that types of stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that's a very big point, you know, just being in the military, coming out, being a veteran, you know, trying to make that transition work well. Yeah, man. So so good. So you made the transition work well, though. I'm happy yeah. for you that you were able to use that stipe and actually get to what it is you wanted to get to. Yeah. So so you're a software engineer now. Now, what is one question we actually haven't talked about? Like, really, what is a software engineer? Like, what is a software engineer? What is it that you do? Uh, software engineer encompasses engineering, software development, uh, the best practices to take something from an idea, a design, and then make that a reality on a, in the software space. Yeah. Right? And now we're starting to see that the, the software space is growing more than just, you know, your web applications, your desktop applications, you know, your video games, you know, uh, appliances, things like that. It, it's turned into AI. It's turned yeah. into biotechnology, uh, space, physics. It's, it's all yeah, robotics. Robot robotics. Yeah, that's a big uh, part of it. So this software engineering space encompasses so much now. It's kind of like the tech space, like how the tech space. You know, you have your your tech sales, your software engineers, cybersecurity. Yeah. Just software engineering itself is a yeah. whole. Yeah, it's not even. Service. It's not even just. A job, but it's like a, a category. Like yeah, be a yeah. Software it's, it's like it's on the field, kind yeah. of. Like, so, so, is someone that's a software engineer for AI? So, so particularly, and really, this is a genuine question. Like, so someone who is a software engineer for, let's say, robotics, they might have a different skill set or know a different programming language than a software engineer that's engineering just let me not say i wasn't say ai but not even ai but something just uh like let's say somebody's just like just a, a software or a mm -hmm. SaaS company or something mm -hmm. like that so so how is that how do they differ in their roles um they differ and they don't differ 
Okay. Right. So, for instance, at my last position, uh, I was the only software engineer at that company. The right? only software engineer? There was no software engineers. I was a temp. And once I got my bachelor's degree, I went around. I found a robot in the warehouse floor. It was dusty. They tried to program it, but there's a Python book that was, I literally, you know, blew out the dust. I was like, okay, there's Python in here. So I found a president. I asked the president, y'all need software engineers? Y'all went to the CEO, you need software engineers? I went to the engineering team. And then eventually they brought me on as a software engineer to automate the warehouse. So by, when you say engineering team, you're speaking about the engineers that like physically yeah, engineer mechanical engineers. Okay, R&D, cool. I wanted to clear because like, I wanted everybody to be like, say there was no engineers no, 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 there. No. And it's like, like okay. Yeah. So they were mechanical engineers, yes. but they didn't have any software engineers. Exactly. Yeah. And so just seeing that, I, that was my first robotics like uh, introduction. And I saw there's Python in there. Python's also used for artificial intelligence, machine learning. So you could be a web developer, still use Python for web applications, mm-hmm. uh, do things like uh, Django, Flask, things like that. You could use Python for automation of PLC programming, things like that. So you can know a language and use it in one field, use that same language in another field. You can use tools from one field and another field. It's just what company decides to okay this is the best use for us our use case and this other language or this other tool is the best use for this use case Mm -hmm. right and sometimes it just depends on history as well because technology is always growing it's always advancing some companies use c plus plus even though that now there's other languages that are a better fit for that software but because their whole infrastructure is built on that they just hire people on and kind of try to re- develop that and keep that going. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's good? I'm Eric Bates, video producer and strategist here at Tech is the New Black. And if you're interested in what our guest is talking about and want to do data analytics, software development, or cybersecurity, we need you to go ahead and check out Pivot Tech. They're a highly awarded virtual tech bootcamp that offers mentorship and career placement. And we've partnered with them to offer our audience a discount of up to $300 off. That's right, $300. So use the referral code tech is a new black and keep us posted on your journey. All right. So, you know, I, I want to do this because something that we haven't done before, because one of the things I love about our audience and our community is that it's very broad. We have community of people that are way more technical than even I am. They understand things. And many times they'll even like correct me on things that are technical. And that's, again, the whole purpose of tech is new black. The whole purpose mm-hmm. of this platform is for me to interview guests and have guests on that know things that I don't know. So that way I'm not a gatekeeper. That way I'm having real conversations with people in the industry that are able to kind of break things down from a different angle that I'm limited in my knowledge of. And so that's why we have wonderful guests like yourself on. Now, we also have a community of people that are just now learning what they're like. People literally ask me sometimes, what is tech? Yeah, you know, yeah. it, just the question is simple as that. And yeah. I love it's our a community, how broad now, it is. Too. Yo, definitely. Yeah. And I, I use it heavily. I say tech, 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 tech. Yeah, Everything yeah. I, I put <laughs> is tech. But that being said, what are program programming languages? Like, because people hear, okay, programming languages, C++, Python, Java, JavaScript. Like, what is that exactly? Okay. Uh, my best explanation of this is when it comes to software engineering, software development, there's two very important aspects to this. One is logic, just understanding logic. If this happens, then this is happening. Okay. If this is true, then this is false. So that's that's just basic logic. And then you have the programming languages, Python, C++, Java. Um, these languages are like spoken language. It's like English. It's like Spanish. You know, it's like Italian. You learn a language, 
you learn how to speak that language and then you use it to complete a task. If I know English and I'm trying to teach a, a class or even do a podcast, I know the certain way that I need to speak, the certain way, words that I need to use or how to articulate certain things. It's the exact same thing if I was using Python to program a robot to automate a warehouse. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how to use it, I know how to manipulate it, and I just speak that language. So why are there, and this is actually a real question for me, why are there different languages? Like, why is there yeah. not just just C++? Because I, I see developers saying, oh, like, I, I, I do things in this language, mm-hmm. or I do things in that language. Why have there even been other languages? And I see people saying that a certain language is superior, like a certain programming language is superior to another. And I know yeah. Python is ridiculously popular. And that's usually the main one I see people talking about as if it's yeah. superior above everything else. But why, after the first programming language was created, like why were other languages created? Why not just have one language and program and create things off that one language? Well, one is because technology is always changing. Okay. So a, a language that was used for to help create the internet from DARPA, is it going to be used today to uh, for artificial intelligence, yeah. machine learning, for something like uh, uh, ChatGPT, yeah. right? And so language is always changing, just like technology is always changing. Python is actually an old language. I mean, it's relatively new compared to some languages, yeah. but this is before 2000s that this language Whoa. was created. Yeah. I didn't know Python was that old. That's crazy. Yeah. So it just keeps getting developed. It gets better and better. And if you use something like C++, this might be good for you know, time on this type of program yeah. where it runs faster or it processes faster. But if I'm trying to do web scraping or like just automate something really fast, like uh, sending out automated emails, mm. I, I might want to use Python. So, all right. So I'm listening to this, and let, let me ask you this. Let, let, t- tell me if I'm crazy okay. or if this makes sense. So the way I'm thinking of this, as you're explaining, you're doing a really good job explaining this. The way I'm kind of thinking about it is that there's there's a person. Like let's say there's a person that's mm-hmm. bilingual. I live in Miami now, and there are a lot of people that are bilingual. Everybody keeps telling me I need to learn Spanish. I'm going to have to learn at some point. But I low-key think there's about to be some technology that's going to come out <laughs> to where you'll be able to know everybody's language. Everybody can understand each other. So that's why I don't want to... That's my lazy excuse for not learning yeah, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. But anyway, so the way I'm thinking about it is, okay, someone who's bilingual or trilingual, and they are trying to explain something, but then they realize there's not a word for that in English. That's true. Yeah. So then because of that, they're like, okay, I have to use this other word to explain this to you mm-hmm. in order to get my point across. And sometimes you'll see someone who like, you know, Eric, Eric's, uh, Eric's wife, uh, she's Dominican. And and um, I don't even know why, why I brought that up. Soy Dominicano. Soy Dominicano. <laughs> what'd you say? Soy Dominicano. Don't call me Poppy, uh, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> we keep saying we need to get Eric a mic, uh, but we'll probably be cutting up too much. <laughs> during the interviews uh, so let us know y'all in the, in the, in the comments uh, if, if y'all think we should give Eric a mic and stuff or if y'all ready for that that cutting up so uh, but no so so the way that I'm kind of thinking about it is so, so a person trying to use language where maybe they're talking to another person that's bilingual and they'll be and I've seen it and I'm sure you've seen it mm-hmm. as well where they'll be speaking English and then they'll flip over to Spanish or they'll be speaking Spanglish exactly. because they realize okay I don't know that word in English or I don't know that word in Spanish so I'll have to jump languages to get the point across yep, would you say case. that there's like some similarity in that where it's like okay a person might be doing something in C, C plus or C plus plus 
And then they'll realize, oh, this is a bit complicated doing it in this language. Exactly. So I might need to use a different programming language. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Some languages are built specifically for a specific task. Yeah. Also, like MATLAB. That's used for math, plotting graphs, data analytics, things like that. So that's built out for those tasks. You know, uh, my wife, she's Chamorro from Guam. So she throws out words every now and then that I've never heard of, but she's she speaks perfect English, but she throws out the words because that's just the best way to explain what it is she's trying to convey at that yeah. moment. So, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Man, that, yeah. bro, I, I, I truly appreciate that. Cause what's interesting is that being in this industry, there's so much about this industry, just like you mentioned, just even in the as a software engineer, there's uh -huh. so many variations of being a software engineer. I think more often than not, I find myself not having a lot of the conversations that I even want to have to educate yeah. myself. So I, I hope that that was hearing that was beneficial for the audience, for those of y'all listening and watching as uh, beneficial as that was for me. So thank you so much for uh, for explaining that. So you so you're a software engineer. Money wise, what was that like transitioning from the Marine Corps to being a software engineer? And how long have you been a software engineer now? I've been a software engineer now for about three or four years. Okay. Um, that transition, it was a big transition for me. Uh, starting off, I, I did other jobs in between being a Marine and a software engineer just to get me to that point. But once I arrived uh, and realized just the financial income that I could get in this industry, especially being in tech, because you could be a software engineer and not be in tech as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But being in a tech field, like six figures is barely scratching. Yeah. Like it's it's barely scratching the surface of being a software engineer. I'm so happy you said that. Kind of rewinding back to that point you said. And I want to double down on that. So, mm -hmm. again, like so you can be a software engineer, but not be at a tech company. Exactly. Yes. So I was at an event. And it was a, a, it was actually in DC, and it was a event hosted by Amazon. And there was someone there, and she was arguing like why the, you know, she she was arguing like not working in tech. And it was the weirdest things like why are you working like why are you at a tech event <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you work in tech and you're trying to like talk like down on working in tech. And but we were having a conversation about how she was saying she's not paid that much. And then we were talking and then she revealed she doesn't even work at a tech company. She does a yeah, tech job, exactly. but not at a tech company. So can you explain to people, again, one, double down on, okay, what that is to be like, okay, you can be, a, you could do a tech job at a non-tech company and what and the difference between doing a tech job at a tech company mm. versus a non-tech company. Exactly. So like, for instance, you could be a software engineer or in cybersecurity, but be working at a school district. Okay. Right? Protecting yeah. the kids, the infrastructure, uh, personal information, things like that. Yeah. That's not a tech company. That's more of a even government jobs. Yeah. You know, those are not tech companies, but they still have software engineers. Yeah. Uh, cybersecurity, data analysts, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, now, when it comes to that, that comparison between working at a tech company and not working at a tech company, depending on where you are, you can still easily make six figures. Yeah. It's because it's still a tech job. Yeah. Tech jobs in itself holds a certain amount of prestige mm -hmm. and then tech jobs within the tech industry is just a bonus yeah a big bonus yeah but it's a bonus yeah so yeah. so you would say and and I, I believe this but you would say that someone who's doing a so someone who's doing a tech job as we know we talk about this all the time doing a tech job in general you're typically going to be paid more than than the vast majority of other jobs that exactly exist. but doing a tech job at a tech company is significantly different even in terms of like pay and benefits and things yes. like that. Yes. 
It, it just that's exactly the best way to put it. So I've I've only worked at tech companies, mm-hmm. and so I've, that's why usually when I talk about tech, and more often than not, man, it's, it's so good that you're talking about this because sometimes I see people in my comments where they're like, I I work I work in tech or I've been in tech for five years, ten years, and I'm barely making a hundred thousand or I don't get all these benefits and stuff. Mm-hmm. You and it's perfect that we're having this conversation with you. You being someone that's been worked at non tech companies and tech companies, or you have experience right. in both. Would you say that the culture, the things that I talk about, or we talk about on Tech is Dubai, would you say that the culture, the experience of working a tech job is significant is also significantly different different working at a tech company versus a non-tech company yes it is, it is significantly different especially because the tech industry is on such a big boom right now that the culture is is hard on the the employees their work life balance is taken into great consideration uh, being a minority in the tech company is going to be way different than being a minority working at the department of defense or or at a school district or you know, something like that. Uh, you you are held in a higher regard, higher esteem. Yeah. They need you a lot more than some other companies will probably need you because you're not a focus there. But a tech company, you are the focus. Yeah. Man, I, I, re- I genuinely appreciate this conversation so much. Uh, oftentimes I see people in my comments, and, and I've made the mistake of not addressing this enough, where I'll see people in my comments that'll say, hey, I work I work in healthcare. Is there a way I could do a tech job at a healthcare company? Or I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Is there a way I could I could do tech, you know, for a school? And I'll say, yeah. I'll say, hey, yeah. There are. You can use your transferable skills, and you know, you can do a boot camp or education, whatever. And you can stay working at a school or stay working in healthcare and still exactly. be tech. And I say that. But what I don't address is, hey, all these benefits and perks and the culture and the pay. Mm-hmm. This might not, more than likely, won't be the same if you're not in a tech company. Like that is true. If you're doing a tech job, and that's why I'm so appreciative of this, because I want to make sure that I'm doing a better job and, and make sure that people see this and are educated about this. Because again, I don't want to. I try not to sell no pipe dreams. It's so I don't want to somebody to like spend time, effort, and money to get to get a tech job, but they're doing it in an industry that they're very comfortable in. Exactly. But now they're not receiving the benefits and the perks and the pay that it is that, that we typically talk yeah. about. That's why this is important, this type of uh, environment, this type of knowledge being given out to people because yeah. people got to realize, especially if you're in tech, you are a commodity. Mm-hmm. You, They need you. That's why in the tech industry, the benefit packages, the compensation, the bonus, the stock options, that's why all those are available because they want you to stay. They need you to for, in order to make money. Yeah. Right. So people have to realize what their own power is. Mm-hmm. Right. You have power when you're doing interviews and applying at these types of companies. Hey, y'all, we have some incredible, incredible news that I'm super excited about to finally announce our private tech community. Yes. Yes. You heard that right a private tech community exclusively for you all who want more than just the podcast, you want more than just the FAQs, you wanna talk with tech recruiters, you wanna talk with with hiring managers, you wanna talk with coaches, you wanna talk with people that can help with editing and rewriting your resume. Maybe you're somebody where you just wanna be a part of a community where we're talking about updates of what's happening in the software industry. Y'all, this community that we've launched is also going to involve a Discord where we're gonna be talking about updates in tech, we're gonna be talking about companies that are hiring. We're going to be talking about upcoming tech events. So that way you don't have to miss any of the gems that I know, but not even just what I know, but the gems that friends of mine that are also in the tech industry know as well. So if you want to be a part of that community, 
go ahead and sign up so that way you can join us. We have a few different tiers. Ultimately, it's all tuned in for you. Oh, and last thing, also within this community, we're gonna be streaming all of our interviews with our podcast guests. So instead of you having to wait months to watch the videos later on, you will actually be able to watch the interviews in real time and ask your live questions to those guests. So make sure you join our tech community. Man, thanks so much. Uh, I really appreciate this conversation. And uh, yeah, ho hopefully th this is a blessing y'all as well. Uh, man, I, I love like topics and uh, conversations like this, just thinking about how much this will like kind of help our audience and even like makes me shift like how I address things. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much for that. Now, so making six figures in tech today. So today, what would you say is the best route to either getting in tech or even just really being a software engineer? Like mm -hmm. what direction would you encourage someone to go in? Um, depending on the field, unless it's a very specialized field, if you're trying to be a software engineer, uh, do tech sales, a uh, sales engineer, or cybersecurity, I would say either go into a boot camp mm -hmm. and go that route, or especially for software engineers, learn yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't need a bachelor's degree to be a software engineer. You don't even need a boot camp to be a software engineer. Yeah. There are 13 year olds who have taught themselves Java and uh, C++, uh, C, uh, C Sharp, and graduated high school at 17 and went straight into working at a tech company. Man, see, that, that wasn't me. And when I was 13, I wasn't learning C++. I was trying mm -hmm. to get a C+. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's yeah, impressive. Yeah. I, I really respect people like yourself. They were never... <laughs> Man, I was really struggling to get a C+. Y'all was learning C++. <laughs> His dedication. Struggle. <laughs> For real. Let's struggle. <laughs> No, so all right, so, yeah, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, so, so you're saying that yeah, boot camps are beneficial, mm -hmm. and but you're like, yo, if you're the type of person where you're good at being a self, a self, self study or self starter, all that good stuff, that you would just encourage maybe YouTube, Google, exactly. just things and kind of like just, yeah, there's free courses out there also. Oh yeah, good, like Coursera. Uh, there's resources like uh, Levels.fyi, which is a website that you can go on to check packages mm -hmm. for companies, full packages, with their stock options how much people usually get paid depending on geographic location working at facebook a lot of these entry-level positions people don't realize out of college or even without a bachelor's degree 180. Woo! Yes. 180 as a, yes, software, as a software engineer, engineer. entry level entry level sheesh eric like hold up i'm rethinking i'm rethinking this whole tech tech sales thing <laughs> yeah. uh man that's incredible wow 180 that's that's yeah. we're living in an age where people are starting to understand that okay knowledge is power but knowledge is also the most valuable resource yeah right it really is not the degree yes but the knowledge because you can go to college do four years and you you, you don't know much that's so long <laughs> you know i know people that have gone to college they spent four years they're in heavy debt and they went to college for something in tech mm -hmm. and they still aren't able to get jobs in tech which is like so exactly. strange to me because yeah, like, that hello oh, world application you created in uh your programming class is outdated is, is, is outdated it's not going to help at this point that freaking sucks yeah. oh man but again that's that's the whole purpose of tech is new black so we can uh, have guests like yourself that are educating people on this because i'm like you mentioned i'm very pro knowledge pro education even if it is college i'm i'm for mm -hmm. it but it's like yo if you're getting this education and this knowledge for the sake of a bag you don't have to waste a huge bag to get it and waste 
four years of your life and exactly. all of that, especially if the information that you're learning is going to be outdated because the tech industry is constantly uh, updating and yeah. advancing. So, all right. You, so you touched on some of the resources and things that people can do to, to be able to get into uh, the tech industry. What are some things someone can do to maximize that salary, to get something closer to like that 180 entry level as a software engineer? Um, first off, uh, utilize LinkedIn. Yes. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. Utilize LinkedIn. I know it, it costs, but pay for that premium. Get those analytics. Oh, yeah. It will tell you how much, how you compare to other people. Right. Find somebody who's already at the company, send them a message, talk to them, ask what they went through to get in and how you could better maximize your own self so that when you talk to that recruiter, you look more favorably upon them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, maximizing your resume to fit the job description. A lot of people try to take uh, their bullet points and add and remove words and try to reword things in weird ways. But actually take the time out to really think about, like, there might have been something that you've done at your last position that you never even thought would apply to this current bullet. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And using those types of resources, talking to people who's already at the company, making use of LinkedIn and those analytics is going to be the three very big things that's going to maximize your, your income. All right. So we have to talk about this. AI. Right. Now, you touched on it earlier. Obviously, there are software engineers that are programming AI. Mm-hmm. So I have two different questions, actually. So the first one is, have you heard about, and I've, I've only heard about this, so I don't know mm-hmm. like how true this is, but I've heard that there are tech companies that are paying AI prompters, people that don't even know how to like engineer or program but they're really good when it comes to prompting or giving commands to AI and they know how to kind of like manipulate it in the, in the right way for exactly. it to produce certain results. I heard that some companies are paying people $350,000. They don't even have any experience at all. So one, have you heard of that? How true would you say that that might be? And, and then two, and we kind of follow up with this, where do we see software engineering in the in the near or foreseeable future with AI and the AI boom that we're in right now. Okay. I have heard of this. I'm I haven't heard of what the salary is, but it wouldn't be out the realm of possibility for yeah. it to reach that much, especially if these people are engineers in some respect. But yes, that that is an actual thing that companies mm-hmm. are starting to do. Because you have to realize that artificial intelligence, machine learning, like it, it needs to learn. Yeah. It, it it needs trial and error. It needs people to look at the results and like, okay, let's tweak it and let, let's try to make it a little bit better. Yeah. Especially with machine learning, usually if you're giving something a a set of data and you're like, okay, learn that you could give a artificial intelligence machine learning a bunch of pictures of cats and then a few pictures of dogs, but you want it to only pick out the dogs. You train it, it gets it fifty percent right. You change some things, try it again. Now it's uh, 60% right. Now you, you keep going until you get it to that 98%. Yeah. That takes a person to tell it, like, you were wrong this time. Let's try it yeah. again. Right? I, think, I think the term is, because uh, the first tech company I worked at, they we had an AI solution, and we literally integrated it right before I left the company. And I was actually okay. really excited about demoing it. I only had the opportunity to, to demo it as a sales engineer a couple of times. And the term that they kept using was AI parenting, where it's like you have to parent 
the AI because the AI is still like a child exactly. where it's really smart, but it's like a child where you have to guide it so it can get smart in the right things in the right direction. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's a big part of artificial intelligence and machine learning. It still takes that human aspect to to get it to a point to where it's like, okay, now it's right all the time. Yeah. Right. So, so all right, so theoretically, in your opinion, how long do you think it would take before artificial intelligence is there's a term for it i can't remember the name of the term but there's a term where it's like basically artificial intelligence is so intelligent where you it's almost like it's reached a point to where it almost doesn't need us or doesn't need like yeah. parenting so one how long in your opinion and this is all theoretical y'all by the way but how long mm -hmm. do you believe it's going to take before ai does reach that point or we get ai to that point and also what do you think is the threat, risk, or even benefit when it comes to AI and the engine, the software engineering space? Uh, one term that you could use is sentient, I, I believe. Well, that's where it's constantly thinking on its own. Like it needs no human input whatsoever. It, yeah. it could think, act on its own. Um, honestly, probably three, four years. I would Woo! say. That's a lot faster than I thought yeah. you were going to say. There's, I know, there's so many companies, there's so many governments putting so sense. much money so into much this. so much effort into it. Right? They're, like, it, just having a capability, even just on the actual engineering and the, the hardware side, there's so much growth. Yeah. Right? There, There's a quantum computer that was just, de not debuted, but uh, tested out a few weeks ago, right, that does calculations like super, super snappy. Yeah. Right? So technology is growing at such a huge and fast pace that it's ridiculous. And right? I, you know, I believe it too because every week I follow channels on YouTube where every week I watch AI updates mm -hmm. and all the news of what happened last week with, with new AI and new companies yep. and everything. I mean, even like NASA, I'm, I'm a, I'm a co-founder of Octoply AI and even what we're able to do in the weekly updates of what we're able to do every week when we, when we meet with uh, with our engineers, I'm like, whoa, like this is freaking crazy. Exactly. And so, man, so I believe it, three, four years, even though my knee-jerk reaction is like, whoa, that sounds so fast, it's like realistically yeah. I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Because every yeah, exactly. week there are heavy updates of what's happening right now. Now, how do you believe this in the, in the foreseeable future is going to affect software engineering um software engineering i think it's going to get faster yeah i think it's going to get more robust we're going to be able to develop applications and uh, solutions a lot faster than ever before which is going to also help the artificial intelligence machine learning side where that's going to start to develop a lot faster also yeah right and it's like it's like it's a give and take yeah. between both right yeah uh, federal regulations are going to change. Laws are going to be created to help manage and put some oversight over this, right? Yeah. Especially with how everybody's feeling about the AI boom that's going on currently, yeah. right? And you're going to see AI machine learning in the places that you never thought you would see it before, right? You're going to be in a parking garage. Your car is going to be parking itself in different areas depending on uh, traffic flow, things like that. Uh, it might apply to uh, actual traffic lights and things like that. Where traffic is heavier over here, artificial intelligence is like, okay, let's slow down traffic up this way, speed it up over here. Right, it, it's it's going, it's almost everywhere already. Like yeah. it's being used so many places. Even ChatGPT, I could tell ChatGPT to write a w script that whip scrapes uh, f 
meat prices from Costco.com and puts it into an Excel worksheet and they'll do it. Yeah. Just that fast. So. I have the Bard app on my phone mm-hmm. and I use it just, I use it very frequently. And it's, I was at a tech conference recently while I was at the conference, I was hosting. And so I was like, oh, I gotta be funny. Like, I'm the host, I gotta be funny. And I was like, okay, I need some jokes. So I was literally telling Bard, I said, hey Bard, give me a joke for, I said, I'm a host at a tech conference. I was like, it's a tech conference that's predominantly black people are here. I mm-hmm. said, give me a joke about black people at a tech conference. And it spit out a joke. And it was a very original <laughs> joke. And I went up on stage, told the joke. And then when it was time for me to go up again, I said, okay, give me another one. And it gave me another one. I kept saying, give me another one. It kept giving me new ones. And I was like, man, this, this joke is crazy. I was like, got me up here looking like I'm, I'm Dave Chappelle or something. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> looking like Donald, Donald Chaplin. <laughs> well, yeah. Man. Bro, bro, this has been, a, man, I love this episode so much. Um, man, you, you really gave information and insight on things that I was actually very curious about and mm-hmm. things that I realized, man, we don't talk about these things enough with our audience. So we don't talk about some of these things at all with our audience. Uh, bro, uh, man, as we're wrapping up, man, please, anything you want to share with our audience you think would be beneficial that, that uh, you haven't had the opportunity to share yet? Yes. Um, use resources. Like there's so many resources out there that you can take advantage of, especially for my veterans and my uh, other min- minorities. And I say minorities not to weed anybody out, but just because yeah. we're under a little underserved in that area, yeah. and we need the resources so that we can help ourselves and our own families. Uh, Levels.fyi, the website to see packages, uh, to see salaries and jobs in the tech industry. Uh, LinkedIn, please use LinkedIn. Yes use LinkedIn, right? Whether, even if it's just to learn from other people, mm-hmm. use LinkedIn, right? And for uh, my military veterans, use the resources that the military gives you, right? For mental health, for education, right? Even if you don't want to use it, you can pass it down to your family, yeah, right? And help them and let their lives become a little bit better. Yeah. 